Good evening, and if you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Hebrews chapter 13, and we're going to read from verse 17. Hebrews 13, verse 17. Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority, because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that will be of no benefit to you. Pray for us. We are sure that we have a clear conscience and desire to live honourably in every way. I particularly urge you to pray so that I may be restored to you soon. Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything, everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory for ever and ever. Amen. Brothers and sisters, I urge you to bear with my word of exhortation, for in fact I have written to you quite briefly. I want you to know that our brother Timothy has been released. If he arrives soon, I will come with him to see you. Greet all your leaders and all the Lord's people. Those from Italy send you their greetings. Grace be with you all. Shall we pray? Our Father, as we come to the end of this letter to the Hebrews, we ask that you'll just remind us of the things we've already learned from it and that you'll just bury them in our hearts. And we just now ask as you guide us through this final section that again you will speak to us through these words as we come to you around your word in the name of Jesus. Amen. So we're almost at the end of the uh, the letter of Hebrews and the first section we're going to look at really is verse 13 through to uh, chapter 13, verse 17 through to 19. And it's probably titled in your Bible as have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority. And that's how verse 17 starts. Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will, will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. So the call here is for them to have confidence in their leaders. But it also makes it clear that this is not a mindless act of submission. They are to submit to them, but they are to do it with confidence. Firstly, it's having confidence that the leaders will guide and watch over them in the things of God. Secondly, for those who are called to be shepherds, it's a reminder of the responsibility that they have. They are accountable to the Lord. And thirdly, the result of this, of this unity between the leaders and the church, the members of the church, the result should be that their work will be a joy both to them, the leaders, and to the people, the flock. But we must also be aware that no matter what position we have, we are all part of the same flock and we are all under the care and the watchful eye of the Good Shepherd, the Great Shepherd, the one who is Jesus. 
There's a verse in Romans, Romans 14, verse 12, which reminds us all of this. It says, so then each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. So we come to verse 18 through to 19. Pray for us. We are sure that we have a clear conscience and a desire to live honorably in every way. I particularly urge you to pray so that I may be restored to you soon. So what do we have here? Well, this is a call to prayer. And it's for all those who take on the role of responsibility. It's calling the church to pray for them. I pray that the Lord will keep them faithful. I pray that their faithfulness will be seen and will not be misunderstood. This is also a request for personal prayer from the writer of the letter. Uh, and we see that the readers of this letter are known to him. And notice that his desire is not just to be with them, but to be restored to them soon. Now, we don't know who the writer was, but it seems that he was part of this fellowship of believers, the people that he is addressing. We're also reminded here that no one is beyond the need for prayer. Uh, probably the most capable and well-equipped, not to mention successful servants of the gospel, was the Apostle Paul. And he saw not only the importance of praying for others, but also the importance of people praying for him. Paul also asked for prayer, that his faithfulness would not be misunderstood. We know that he had those who were in opposition to him, those who would spread gossip about him, all in an effort to discredit him and to discredit his message. So let's just listen to some of the things that Paul said in his letters as he requested prayer. First of all, Romans, Romans 15, verse 30 through to 33. Paul said, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit to join me in my struggle by praying to God for me. You see, Paul, like all of us, had times when he struggled with life. And he goes on, Pray that I may be kept safe from the unbelievers in Judea, and that the contribution I take to Jerusalem may be favorably received by the Lord's people. And Paul is asking, pray for safety for himself, pray for safety for those who he travels with, and pray for safekeeping of the money that he's carrying that will go to Jerusalem to help those who are struggling through these difficult times of famine. And then he went on, so that I may come to you with joy by God's will. In your company be refreshed. The God of peace be with you all. Amen. So that was Paul requesting uh, the church at Rome to pray for him. He also uh, requested uh, other uh, churches that he wrote to. Let's just look at Ephesus and see what he said in the Ephesians. Ephesians 6, verse 18 to 20. The words of Paul. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Now, Paul asks for prayer for all the Lord's people. And he goes on, Pray also for me, that whatever I speak, words may be given me, 
so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fiercely as I should. So here Paul is asking for personal prayer for him as he seeks to minister the gospel. As we approach the end of this letter to the Hebrews, and still on the subject of prayer, we have a prayer of blessing, and it's here for us. It's titled um, Benediction and Final Greetings. So the first bit, benediction, this prayer, Hebrews 13, verse 20 through to 21. And in these few words, we have a summary of everything that's been said as the people are reminded in no uncertain terms of the importance of who Jesus is and in the importance of what he has done. So let's look at the first parts of these two verses, verse 20 and 21. This first part I've titled propitiation. Uh, that word just means atonement. It's telling us that the price has been paid in full. So let's see that here in verse 20. Now, may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead, our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep. So what the writer is pointing to here in these few words is God, the God of peace. It's God's grace that sets us free from his wrath. How does he do that? Well, these words tell us through the blood. The blood of Jesus. The blood that is greater than all the blood that was shed on the altars in the temple. The greatest sacrifice. The once and for all sacrifice through the blood of Christ. And then he reminds them that it's an eternal covenant. It's greater than the law. The law was there for a period. It served its purpose. And now... This covenant in Christ is greater. He also gives the full title, our Lord Jesus. And he tells us that he was brought back from the dead. This is greater than the high priest, greater than the Aaronic priesthood, greater than the Melchizedek priesthood. And then he refers to the great shepherd of the sheep, one who is greater than Moses. Moses led the people out of Egypt into the into Canaan, the promised land for them. But you know, our shepherd, our great shepherd, leads us into the presence of God in heaven. Now, I titled that Propitiation, Atonement. The price is paid in full. The second part is provision. We have all that we need. Verse 21. You equip you, equip you with everything good for doing his will and may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. This first part of verse 21, equip you with everything good for doing his will. I looked up this word equip. Um, the, Greek word, the Greek word is I don't know how to pronounce this, but it's katatizo. It's K-A-T-A-R-T-I-Z-O. 
And it means to provide what is necessary in order to make something right. Now, we don't really have a word like this in the English language, so we have to use different words on different occasions. What it means, this one word in Greek means to be fully trained. It means to be made complete. It means to be mended. It means to be made perfect. To be fully prepared. To be fully restored. In other words, whatever is broken will be mended, made good and will be fit for purpose. All that in that one word. And we find this word in Matthew, in Mark, Luke, Romans, uh, 1 and 2 Corinthians, Galatians, 1 Thessalonians, 1 Peter, and also here in Hebrews. The same word is used in relation to broken bones, uh, broken fishing nets, broken vessels, broken relationships, broken emotions, faith, which is not yet complete, all in need of being put right. And it's this one word. So that shows us something of the importance what is being said here in these few words. It's saying that God has equipped us for whatever we need to make whatever situation we are in, to make it right. We come to the second part of that verse. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory for ever and ever. Amen. The writer includes himself in this. He says, and may he work in us. It speaks of the glory that is God's through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory for ever and ever. Let us just read again um, those two verses, 20 and 21. Very often we hear them read as uh, just a, a doxology, but there's so much more in here. It's a summary of what we've already read in the book of Hebrews. Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will, and may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory for ever and ever. Amen. That's a good few verses to think about and ponder on. But let's move on to verse 22 through to 25. This is a, a final personal note Everything that needs to be said about uh, what he wanted to present to these people has been done now. This is more personal. He says in verse 22, Brothers and sisters, I urge you to bear with my words of exhortation, for in fact I have written to you quite briefly. This is for everybody. This is for brothers and sisters. It's an urgent uh, request to be persistent and is, it's, it's an encouragement to keep going on. I think reading this is, this is how we should approach everything that the Bible has to say to us. 
Maybe every time you read a passage, it will be good to think of these few words. Brothers and sisters, I urge you to bear with my word of exhortation, for in fact I have written to you quite briefly. An urgent need to stick with it, to be encouraged by it, and know that there is so much more than what's actually been said in just the one section we've been looking at. Well, let's carry on. Verse 23, a personal word of encouragement. I want you to know that our brother Timothy has been released. If he arrives soon, I will come with him to see you. So, Timothy, we know his name. We've heard Paul speak about him. We've got the books of Timothy. Now, Timothy would have been known to these people, if not personally, at least by reputation. And the good news is that now he has been released and he might be coming to see them. This is a reminder to us that there was a... a, We we tend to see these people as individuals and, uh, you know, working on their own. But as well as being guided by God, many of them would have known each other and they would have been aware of each other's works. And this is a reminder to us that these people, some of them would be like what we would today call a network, a network for the gospel, people who are praying for each other and who have an awareness of the work that others are doing. And we have a personal greeting from the writer to those that he is with. Verse 24, Greet all the leaders and all the Lord's people. Those from Italy send you their greetings. Well, from this, uh, we don't know if he was travelling with Italians or if he was in Italy and writing the letter from Italy, but he's bringing greetings from those, those Italians that he knows. We don't know who the writer was. But the important thing is that it's all about who Jesus is. And so, as we come to the end of this letter, we have those final words Grace be with you all. So, what can we take away from this? Well, the main thing is, we are being told exactly who Jesus is. It's being explained to us what he has done. These people are being told that for them to go back to the old ways of worship would be wrong. They must now go forward. They go forward in Christ, and it is all by the grace of God. As we finish this letter, you know, it might be a good idea to sit down quietly and just read through the whole chapter, the whole book, the whole book of Hebrews. It doesn't take very long, you know, but just read it. And as you read, just be reminded of the things that we've already spoken about here in this our Bible study. Let's just pray. Our Father, we come to the close of this book and we thank you for this letter to the Hebrews and it's a letter to us as well. And we just pray that you will continue to teach us from it as, as we see more of who you are and what you've done. And our Father, we thank you that we can come to you in the name of Jesus in the power of what he has done. And we can come 
into your presence directly through him. We know that you hear our words and we just ask your continued blessing upon us now as we ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen.